This is Radar for On The Radar. And as always, we talk about local and national sports and pop culture as well. And as always, you can download the podcast as On The Radar at Apple, Google, or Spotify. Follow me at Twitter, Radar442, or Blogger. OnTheRadarMedia.com is the name of my website. On The Radar Entertainment blog is the Facebook page. And um, YouTube is on the radar as well, so you can go and get baseball observations and movie reviews as well. This is episode number 99. Episodes 100, 101 is going to be tricky with the situation of moving and Jewish holidays. So I don't know what day I'm recording and how it's going to work, but those will hopefully get out to you. And those who know that the first week of football just happened... If you're still interested, the preview is up uploaded on Facebook Entertainment Blog and on Blogger and all my predictions as well. And you can listen to the podcasts that preview each conference. Now, unfortunately, we got to get to people who have passed away. Norm MacDonald, the Canadian state of comedian writer known for his deadpan style, where he wrote for Roseanne and then he was on a cast member on SNL doing Weekend Update. And he was on the Drew Carey Show, News Radio. He's the movie Dirty Work. And his own sitcom, The Norm Show. And he did some touring with Adam Sandler and gang when they would go out of town, go out around the country and do comedy. He never was my favorite comedian, but he still made me laugh a few times as well. And he was a character on the Orville, so that's like the last thing that I saw him in. And he did some voice acting as well. And uh, he was in the middle for 10 episodes. And of course, he. Uh, did some Family Guy as well. And the last movies he's been in is where he did Voices. So rest in peace to Norm MacDonald. Who who said that nine years ago he was, he was diagnosed with leukemia. But obviously he didn't tell anybody. And that's what really affected him into his death. Rest in peace to Norm MacDonald. And we lost longtime actor in 94, Michael Cossettine. Everybody knows him obviously in the Big Fat Greek Wedding. But before then... He was in Room 22, and he did a bunch of westerns as well, and uh, he was in TV movies, and uh, pretty famous for being in MacGyver, Magnum P.I. as well, so he was in, he was in Quincy MC, so he was in so many television shows before he even got to being into the movie business, like Twilight Zone, Dick Van Dyke Show, and of course... He was in both Grief Act Weddings. So rest in peace, Michael Constantine. Constantine. Then we lost Art Moreno. People know him for Police Academy. He passed away at the age of 84. He also was in uh, Bewitched, Three to San Francisco. And then he'd be on The Tonight Show doing things. But people are going to remember him from being Police Academy. And... He uh, passed away at the age of 85 due to natural causes. Rest in peace to Art Murat-Trano. Then we lost the creator of Eastbound and Down, Ben Best, who passed away at the age of 46. And in the sports world, we lost Paris Harrelson, a former linebacker who was drafted by the 49ers and played for the Saints and was working and used to work for the 49ers as a director of player engagement. He just passed away at the age of 37. Rest in peace to him. And before I forget, Turner names their full NHL TNT crew, including Liam McCoe, Rich Chosay, Darren Pang, and Brandon Burke. 
The studio show will feature Liam McHugh, Wayne Gretzky, Anson Carter, Rick Toshe, and Bill Bussinet. And of course, you know, Eddie Olchek and Kenny Albert are going over there. And they got Jennifer Burchell, Jackie Redmond, Tariq Albashir contributing to telecast. It's going to be very exciting to see the NHL on an actual station that actually cares about NHL because that is something that, like, I back in the day growing up, I did watch some NHL games when they were on ESPN and NBC, the major broadcasts. And then in baseball news, Ryan Braun announced his retirement. He said he was going to think about if he was going to play this year or not. And I was a little sad he didn't play for Team Israel as a way to go out. But he finished with 352 home runs. 1,150-plus RBIs. So he had 1,100 RBIs, not bad, 350-plus home runs. And he had 1,963 hits, and he batted almost 300 with 296 and stole over 206 bases. Played his whole career with the Brewers, with a six-time All-Star, an MVP of Rookie of the Year, a Silver Slugger five-time, was in the 30-30 club, and led the league in home runs, and then held one. We get the whole controversy of him saying he never took steroids, and then he actually did, which is why that if he played until he was 40 years old, let's say, he would not get Hall of Fame votes because at now at this point, even without steroids, he doesn't have 2,000 hits. He doesn't have 400 home runs. He doesn't have 1,500 RBIs. So it's not really Hall of Fame level. But yeah, in football, the Ravens can't catch a break. They lost both Marcus Peters and Gus Edwards, so they're down three running backs. So last week, I said they got Le'Veon Bell. Well, they went and picked up Devontae Freeman and Latavius Murray. Steelers don't have to worry about TJ Watt signing a four-year, $112 million extension to be the highest defensive play player. And the Colts signed Naheem Hines to a three-year, $18.6 million deal. Amazon is trying to buy a Sunday ticket. They're continuing to own everything Amazon. Verizon reached the deal with the NFL to continue their coverage. And in Reach TV, it's the TV scene airports, but they continue to show that. The Sean Murphy cornerback pro uh, elbow, he's out. Lyle Collins got a five-game suspension for taking drug. And um, Diana Rossini signed an extension with ESPN. She's been reporting for the NH- NFL, and she's been around the horn and on Highly Questionable in the past. That's good, but Allison Williams will not be on the Calicast for college sports because she's not vaccinated. J- Jameson Crowder at COVID, so he missed the last game. Unfortunately for the Washington football team, they thought they'd get Curtis Samuel this season. Well, he got injured, so he's going to be on the IR. Michael Gallup's on the IR with a calf for the Cowboys. Dennis Garbage also injured as well with his hand. Darbeck. And um, the Lions hired Don Mulbeck. They were the long snapper they cut. He's going to be working for them. Nate Burleson's hosting instead of being an analyst. Because he's a former player. I guess he can host of a Nickelodeon-based show for football. Offensive tackle Jordan McCullough signed a four-year $64 million extension. Congratulations to him. Jalen Hurd is going to be in the injured reserve due to a knee. Mike Badley, the is picked is now the Titans kicker. Amir Abdullah made the Vikings uh, the Vikings roster, and unfortunately, left-handed tackle Taylor Decker had a finger surgery. He's going to be out for a couple of weeks. Marshawn Lattimore signed a five-year, ninety-seven point six million dollar extension, which is good for him. Fortune news: is Jason Ferret towards ACL. He's going to be out for the year. And Washington also lost their starting quarterback and Ryan Fitzpatrick. He to a hip injury. He's going to be gone for a while. Congratulations, Matt Stafford being the first quarterback to throw 300 yards, three touchdowns, no picks in his debut with the Rams. Four Niners lost to Morstead due to, an inj- due to a chipped cartilage, and he's going to be out for the year. Jerry Judy's out for the Broncos and ankle. Makai Becton's having surgery, and he's going to be out for the year. Jeff Okuda towards ACL, he's going to be out for the year. All of these players are getting hurt in week one. Saints bring back Kenny Stills. 
49ers defensive end. He's has COVID-19 and Randy Gregory's COVID-19. Wait, no, excuse me. 49ers have signed D. Kirkpatrick, the cornerback. It's excuse me. Randy Gregory has COVID-19. And uh Rashad Penny's out doing injury as well. But Zach Martin is back, so Cowboys lose one player, get one back. Hot Clinton Dix is going to the Raiders. Mark and Davisport has pectoral stain, so he's gonna be out. Marcus Joyner a tour ten and elbow. He's out for the year. The Jets uh, picked up punter Thomas Morstead, formerly the Saints. Karen Johnson has joined the 49ers roster. And the Bills announced if you want to go to the stadium, you have to be vaccinated if you're age over 12. Zane Gonzalez has gone to the Panthers, and they cut their kicker after one week. Ronald Darby, the cornerback, he's going to go to the injury reserve due to hamstring injury. And a Josh Gordon, he's fulfilled all the drug requirements and getting vaccinated, so he's looking to get signed. So one thing about the NFL this season, man, all these guys are getting hurt in week one. That is just incredible, man. And they think adding another game is such an amazing idea. I don't know. Reading all those guys off to you who are on the injured reserve and they're going to be gone for the whole year. Guys are going to be gone for five to six weeks. Quarterbacks, wide receivers, running backs. Like the Ravens losing all of their running backs. And then you got the um, the fact that you've lost all these key defensive players. And some people have lost key offensive linemen. This is just... It's really stupid that the NFL can think that they can play extra games instead of less games. That's where that I don't understand. Now, what I wanted to get to is because pre-COVID, I would always talk about the Chicago Bears. And the Chicago Bears, I will say this. What I don't get is is that the, the team goes out and spends money on Andy Dalton. They already spend money on... Nick Foles and get up a draft pick. But then because the GM and head coach feel like they're going to be fired, they go pull off this Hail Mary type of move in order for you to go get Justin Fields. And okay, cool. But look at this. How can in a game Justin Fields throw two passes, both complete, no turnover? But then you have Andy Dalton come in and um, he has a fumble, okay? And he throws interception. So he has two turnovers, no touchdown, and only can master of 200 yards. The Bears at least went to the run game because I'm surprised. But David Montgomery had a good game, 100 yards, a touchdown. And Justin Fields on a special play, he ran the he ran in. So let me say this. The Bears have one of the worst offensive lines in football. Not the worst, but one of the worst. So you would think when this offensive line is really bad at protecting Dalton, who's a dead duck, and Dalton's having turnovers, like interception in his first drive of the season, okay? And that Justin Fields in the two passes, they were completed. Good. And then he had a great run play there. And the running game looked really well with David Montgomery. And the Bears finally have more than one wide receiver now, Robinson. Because he wasn't even the leading receiver. It was Marquise Gordon and Cole Komet were ahead of him on the list. Because this defense, I don't know what's wrong with it. But but obviously because Matthew Stafford is a good quarterback. And they got a good set of skill receivers, skill players. That The then their secondary wasn't that great. They're like eating up all game long and they couldn't stop it. Then what you do is you go, you know what? I know we made an investment and we promised him, but we need to give the ball, give the team over to Justin Fields. I'm not saying you do it week two, overreaction, you know, Monday morning quarterbacking or after one week, but it's something you got to look into a lot earlier than, you know, right now because that's where it's like, I, I, I don't get it because I don't care if you promise somebody, if the person looks horrible, they look horrible. Now, one thing I will say this, I said this in my written preview and in my podcast. 
I don't think the Texans are going to win one or two or three games. I think they win four or five games because Tyrod Taylor is a serviceable starting quarterback for many teams that he played on. It's Jacksonville where they think that Trevor Lawrence is going to fix every issue with the team and wasted their first round pick, their second first round pick on a running back who's out for the year. And another thing is the Bengals, they're not going to be one of the worst teams because they have Joe Burrow and it proved that they were able to beat the Vikings who are a playoff team. I also said the Cardinals, even though they're going to be a last place team like the Bengals, it's the fact that there are teams ahead of them in their division that are so much better. And then I didn't think the Steelers were going to be bad this year. I just said they're not going to be a playoff team. They played pretty well against the Bills. And then everybody's saying how the Eagles are going to be a bad team. I think the Eagles are a last place team unless the Giants are completely lost because their offensive line maybe. And and Dallas is too you know, worried on, focused on how good Dak Prescott is to make this team do well. And Washington, now that you know they lost Fitzpatrick, then maybe the Eagles will surprise people. That's what I said. The Eagles have a chance to surprise because they got brand name players on the offensive line, on defense, at the skill players. Jalen Hurts is a talented quarterback. And those are thinking, wow, the Falcons are probably going to finish second place. No, I thought the Falcons, like the Panthers, would be looking, lucky to win four or five games. They look disastrous against the Eagles. And another thing I was wrong, wow, the Packers, they looked horrendous versus the Saints. Jameis Winston looked pretty good. He had a five-touchdown pass game. That was pretty good out of him. I just think going forward, they're not a playoff team, the Saints. And then Teddy Bridgewater looked pretty good like I thought it would be. It was the right decision to go with him in that in that quarterback thingy. And then the Raiders beat the Ravens, but they're definitely not better. The Raiders have so much insignificant talent. They're insufficient offensive line. Henry Ruggs seems like to be a bust. They don't have, It's just Darren Waller. you got to throw the ball to him every time. Their defense has never been that good, and Derek Carr keeps continuing to prove that he's a good quarterback. Because next, because this Thursday, the Giants playing Washington, I like that the Giants are going to win that game. I thought the Jets are going to win their game. I think Jacksonville is going to lose again. Buffalo is going to rebound. San Francisco is, I think, going to beat the Eagles. And then the Rams, I think they're going to beat the Colts. Sorry, Colts, you're not going to be 0-2. Pittsburgh is going to beat Las Vegas, okay? The Bears have the Bengals. The Bengals have a bad offensive line, too. And if the Bears' defense can get to Joe Burrow, the Bears have a chance. The Bengals' defense, they're building. So the Bears' offense should look better. And Cleveland should definitely beat Houston. And New Orleans versus Carolina, that can go either way. Minnesota versus Arizona. I feel like Minnesota's going to rebound because their defense is better than Arizona. And Atlanta's going to definitely lose to Tampa Bay. There's no way they're winning. And Seattle's going to beat Tennessee. Tennessee's going to be 0-2. I think the Chargers are better than Dallas. So I feel Dallas is going to be 0-2. And Kansas City for Baltimore is going to be a great game. Unfortunately, Baltimore may end up at starting 0-2 this year. And then Green Bay versus Lions Monday night. I think the Packers are going to definitely bounce back and how bad the Lions team is. And in basketball news, John Walls announced he's parting ways with Houston, so they're looking to try to trade him. It just seemed like it didn't work out for him there. And uh, Aaron Gordon's on a four-year extension to stay with the Nuggets. That's good. They need some front court depth there. Tina Charles now the second most rebounds with 3,357-plus thir, rebounds. Congratulations to her. Denzel Valentine signed a two-year deal with the Cavaliers. And this Jason Vanderbilt uh, signed a three-year deal with the Wolves. Man, the Cavaliers have Denzel Valentine, and they got Lori Marketing. How many former Bulls are they going to pile up? They've announced that Becky Hammond's jersey going to be retired on December 13th by the by her, the team she played for in San Antonio. Congratulations to her. She is one of the greatest players in WNBA history and, of course, the greatest player in 
in one of the greatest players in their history for you an all-time team. But yeah, so I was like, just two Bulls players are on that team. And uh, Marcus Gasol was traded to Memphis along with a second-round pick in cash for the draft rights of some player that nobody's ever heard of that they drafted years ago. He could always get opt. He can always be bought out and get his money and go back to Spain in his career, or he can go back to Memphis and play where he started his actual professional career, even though he was obviously drafted by the Lakers and traded for his brother. That I'm thinking that maybe, just maybe, he stays there long enough because I was told that. If he plays enough games, he can become the all-time scoring leader in Memphis Grizzlies history, which might be something that he's actually interested in doing. And um, Kansas City in baseball announced that both Dayton Moore and J.C. Piccolo has been promoted. Congratulations to them. Marcelo Zuna has announced that he's going to be put into one of these domestic violent intervention programs where he's got to do some counseling and some other thing. And if he deems proven up, he can come off the list, but then he still have to... Uh, wait for the MLB to give an actual suspension. And speaking of that, they're going to let Trevor Bauer absence go for the rest of the year. Jack Morse is back from his suspension for over his comments. Corbin Burns and Josh Hader threw a combined no-hitter on over the weekend. It's the second Milwaukee Brewers no-hitter since Juan Nieves. Congratulations to them. Indians actually are the first are, were no-hit three times this year. That's pretty incredible. Chris Sale, unfortunately, is COVID-19. Hopefully he gets better. Brian Anderson is signing such a thing as the Brewers play-by-play guy. He's one of the better play-by-play guys. That's why, like, Turner has used him for the playoffs. Giants are the first team to clinch the playoff. Congratulations to him. And Max Scherzer is through an immaculate inning and was pitching a perfect game in the game that he has 3,000 strikeouts. So he's definitely going to go to the Hall of Fame because that's the magic number. The only guy not in the Hall of Fame is Roger Clemens, who we all know cheated many times over the years. And... Kurt Chilling, who people just don't like, are the only two guys in the Hall of Fame that are 3,000 that's active. Like, Sabathia is not um, eligible yet, and Verlander's still active. And uh, they announced that Mariners are going to get the 2023 All-Star game. That's going to be interesting to have all the way out in Seattle. And uh, in, in pop culture news, Only Murders in the Building was a new season two on Hulu. They're making a Sierra live-action show on Amazon. I mean, she, she, her... Shira show. Fox Nation added cops, even though Fox actually, the regular Fox canceled it. Haley Etwell is playing the Croft character in the Tomb Raider animated series, which is going to be cool. Hex Musical 3, number, season 3, was renewed. Bill Marshall was rene- renewed through the 2024 season. SNL's debuting October 21st. And Billy Bob Thornton is joining a Yellowstone prequel. Gossip Girl on HBO Max was renewed for season 2. And in Netflix news for Manifest, all the actors have been secured for season 20. Which is good because that is one of the shows where it's flawed and they could have just told the story how they wanted instead of waiting for the network every year to see if they're going to renew them or they're not going to renew them. But yeah, so let me get to Republic of Sarah, which I already talked about how dumb it was of CW to cancel an original creative idea with some unknown actor doing a good job and the actors we've seen before doing great jobs as well. So the last episode before the finale was where... Sarah's giving a speech. She had her microphone was on. Nobody shut it off. And everybody heard that she lied about the pregnancy test of her brother being the father of her best friend. So everybody in the town goes, oh, she's a liar. Blah, blah, blah. Why we want to listen to her proposal? And, of course, Danny then goes and talks to Corianne and goes like, is it true? Yes. So at this point, her best friends are both mad at her because the one she lives with is mad that she, you know, you know, instead of giving people like a stimulus, they gave money back to the community and her dad's bills are going to be expensive because corporate thing was buying it. Grover, the good thing is he's trying to move on from his wife's desk, which has been good. 
and now more people that know about AJ's dad, so maybe it can help out. And then, of course, they can offer U.S. diplomacy, you know, U.S.A. diplomacy, so that's like diplomacy. I don't know why I can't pronounce it. Point is, they're giving her aid and making her recognize a nation that the U.S. can give aid, but the trick is they got to give up her father who leaked confidential file. And in the and the father goes, you know, recognition could take years. Like if, you know, being na- being given this opportunity, you should take it because if you don't take it, it's gonna take years and you can be unstable and the whole entire you know country could fold. And so it's because the father knows he's been in the business. He knows there's something got to do. And the mayor, the former mayor, t- actually realizes that wow, he made a mistake by saying, "Man, I was hard on my daughter that she wants to take off from school and do summer school because she wants to work there." Because she saw he saw how passionate she was, so he kind of changed over the course of the season, which was good character growth. And then one, and then Sarah and Grover trying to see this old lady's life, but then she realizes, well, I flooded the area where the clinic is, kind of a hospital, and they're trying to build a school hospital, that sort of thing. And she's trying to regret some of her decisions, and the father decides he's going to turn himself in, even though Sarah wasn't going to do that. And then Danny says, I understood why why you lied about that. I'm not ready to be a father, and that having three parents is too much for the kid. He was hoping to help with the custody battle with Corian's husband, who's not really the father, and the fa- and he understood why she turned him in. And the mother's back from her rehab, and she's trying to give her tough love because she's like, you were always there for me, here for you. And and Danny announced that his Danny she tells Danny that the best version is himself is when is when her when they got together with him like that's the best versions of each other and he shouldn't leave and the family there's somebody to get along and that he and the, the former mayor apologized there which was good and uh, there's a treaty to make sure AJ's father staying in the place is not expensive like and you can work on that the way she takes out her anger is in a moss pit show. And the twist was that Danny's staying, which is really good, and that she ends the season with Grover. Because I feel like, I thought she slept or kissed Grover before, but the idea that they did it again was interesting, and then it just ends. So the guy who made the show, I'm really, really hoping that he is trying to save the show because I feel like it could be a streaming show. Because every week I want to know what new issue as a new nation that she's got to do or what the council's got to do or how they're going to fix it, how she's going to handle it. And all this stuff. I want to see the repercussions of Danny staying in town and being a father. Her mother back in rehab. If there's any com- communication with the father. What the Bella girl does with her working for Sarah in school and her relationship. And then Maya's relationship with her mother and her father. That's where I'm like, the Jeffrey Paul King, he should better. He's definitely got to do a better job of trying to save the show. Because if he doesn't, then that would be just a waste of your time. You create a good show. The network canceled it because I'm assuming CW wants to renew all these crappy shows like remakes like Dynasty, Charm, Kung Fu, Walker, Texas Ranger remake, Roswell, New Mexico, and the one of the worst shows ever in the dark. Probably because I'm, I'm just going to assume it's cheap and it's easy to make and produce. So they're like, yeah, let's just make sure we automatically have all the openings in our schedule, you know, available. But now they're they're jumping in with reality competition shows. And they're like, okay, cool. And then we're going to have like a live-action Powerpuff Girls show. And we're going to have some other shows. It's like, come on. you got to keep the quality shows on air because I don't understand how Pandora was ruined for season two. But then you cancel Katie Keene to ruin like the opportunity to make an Arrowverse TV show. Because you technically, if you had Katie Keene, you could have made a show exclusively about Josie the Pussycat. You could you could make a show basically on K- KO, you know, Katie Keene's ex-boyfriend who's like a boxer, what he does. 
there was a there were a lot of options. You can also do like a show about the parents, you know, like what they're up to and Archie. Like they they just ruined the opportunity for Archie universe. That obviously they're gonna have a Nancy Drew universe with the rich, you know, black gay guy making inventions and stuff. That's gonna be cool, but yeah, I'm just gonna add it to the list of shows the CW canceled that they shouldn't have canceled. So Katie Keene and Republic of Sarah, the two show in recent years, and I don't understand why CW canceled in the first place. I got a lot of gripes with the other four networks, but they're bigger networks. Like, CW's a little small-time network, things like that. The positives are that they have a show like The Corner on, they get the rights from Canada, and the British show, you know, Dead Pixels and Wellington Paranormal from, like, uh, New Zealand, Australia territory, like, that's good when they pick up shows from other countries and they work out to be popular enough that they stay on the air. But yeah, that's where I'm like, I, I don't really, uh, you know, get it. So that was probably like a Sarah finale. And then, then the other CW show was Legends of Tomorrow. So that's a lot to unpack there. So basically, Bishop goes, I can't save the world with all the genetic engineering. So I'm going to kill that alien that protects them, which is technically this fungus mushroom. That's protecting Earth, and nobody knew it. Because, like, there's nothing else on the planet that's like it. So, like, yeah, that's an alien protecting Earth. So, he obviously poisons it, which kills John, you think. You know, Constantine. Because that's the fountain of the powers and stuff. But, so, he calls these aliens who were on his planet, and the, the one that he originally had, where he was on there, and they're coming to attack. So, basically, Spooner is back with her mother, which obviously, you know, ruined the timeline with your mother, and the... And the fountain's trying to save her to protect her. And John's like, I really can't do much, but you got to try to save the fountain. you got to try to all this other stuff. He talks to them through the mushroom. And, of course, Bayrod is a dude who eats a mushroom. And Sarah does, which is basically the reason why Sarah did it is because Bishop's been one step ahead of them because he put some of Sarah's DNA in him. So he knows exactly how she's thinking. So it's the day of not doing what Sarah does. So that's why, like, Sarah was like, okay, fine. We'll do these crazy ideas. We'll go back in time and get the real bishop, the original bishop, OG bishop, and have him engineer something and like help and have him help them out and take the mushroom and stuff like that. And John goes, if I leave, the mushroom dies and Spooner dies because he said we're all connected to life, the secret of life. And he makes the antidote, so it kind of helps, but still not gonna help because the found goes, we're not worthy. So John was thinking about love and. So Sarah's, Sarah's like, well, I don't screw it. Why don't we get married on the spot? And basically, by getting married on the spot, such a crazy, stupid idea before they have to risk their life, save the earth at this point in time, back in the past, because if they don't, there won't be anybody, because it's before the early 1900s, so one much civilization didn't grow that much then. So they're like, okay, cool. So if we get married, it's the last thing we ever do. That's cool. Nobody would have thought that would be a way to save the earth. Mick walks... Sarah down the aisle, Gary walks Ava down the aisle, both are wearing dresses, just so you're aware, and they're wearing paint suits. Bayrat's singing with a guitar, and it was officiating, which is cool. And of course, they didn't get a chance to finish, because then the ship starts invading, like, oh cool, that's not a lot. Then they get in the house, and they're not sharing what to do. So obviously, they then, you know, give their vows and save the day and stuff, and a mixed alien girlfriend comes back, because they want to save the baby, and she's there. And uh, Bayrat got bitten, and Sarah goes, when I got bit by these things, I died. But Spooner somehow saved them with Sarah's regenerative powers and people are sharing powers going all the other place. And they all together liped them out. The eggs haps, and guess what? They kill Bishop. And I'm like, that's good. Get rid of this guy. Get rid of the, all of his clone DNA. That's good. And um, they already announced that 
he's not going to stay in the show, the guy playing McRory, you know, Dominic Purcell. And it would make sense if Mick Lee would his alien girlfriend and to take care of the babies because he was never there for his daughter that he kind of made only recently in the timeline. And we all thought John was dead, but John is, you know, not really dead. He's about to, you know, be one with nature and stuff, which is interesting. Spooner, I don't know if she's staying with the team or staying with her mother. That's interesting. We're in the timeline. Astra, I don't know if she's staying or not because without John, what's the point of having her? That's like the arc into it. And they wipe Prime Bishop's mind, so he... They're like, you're going to have to go through this all again and lose again. It's not a it's not a lesson. You you can't know what's happening in the future because that's how I liked about Ava. Ava's an adult, and she tries to tick to what the Time Bureau and everything that, you know, Rip Hunter taught her. If you don't remember what Rip Hunter was, he started the Time Bureau and recruited all these people. That's kind of like her. She's an adult in the room. I don't like the whole dating Sarah thing and their clones and stuff, but overall, she's like the adult in the room trying to make things mature. Fountain was glad to be rid of John to let him go. Give Zarya a key. And the question is, what is the key? And then, so the question of, is this really mixed real last goodbye? Is this John Constantine's last goodbye? Is Spooner going to be part of the show next year? Which I think would be stupid because it was only good for this one year. I don't know why they kept Astra still. And then the Wave Rider blows up and they shop like another one. And they're like, oh, what are we going to do? That's an okay cliffhanger. I wonder if next season's going to be anything to do with aliens. going to do with time travel. Because they stopped doing the dark arts of magic and aliens okay. Because they got to go back to time traveling. Like, this show just can't keep going because they're running out of ideas. But thanks for listening to another edition of On the Radar, episode number 99. As always, On the Radar Entertainment blog is Facebook. On the Radar Media.com is my website. Radar 4428 is my Twitter and my blogger. On the Radar is also my YouTube. You know, if you go to Apple, Google, or Spotify, and uh, you can go and download it as well. Thanks for listening. As always, talk about local national local national sports and pop culture for episode number 90. I'm Radar. See you guys next time.